you. We praise you for this day. We thank you, God, for allowing your mercy and your grace to be released upon your people as we move in expectancy and all the things that you're going to do in our life today. For every promise that you've given us, we expect the fulfillment of it. We thank you, God, for our healing. We, see, we know that you said it was the children's bread. So, Father, we partake of it daily. We thank you, God, for our deliverance. We're no longer bound, but we're free to be what you call us to be. So we thank you for that. We thank you, God, for establishing right relationships between your people and you. So, God, we are whole, complete, and lacking nothing. Now, Father, allow your kingdom to come in us as your will is being done in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You have your Bibles this morning. Go with me to the book of Joshua. This is where we left off last week. I had to watch this clock before I get started to make sure. <laughs> I don't want no trouble. Joshua chapter 24. We did verses 14 and 15. We're going to do those again. It says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods, of your, the gods your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, hmm, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers, uh, the, the gods which your fathers served <clears throat> that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the last week we talked to you about the thought, the renewal of choices because I tell you you make choices daily so this is part two of that amen and you can be seated sometimes uh, we run into situations where God seems to just show himself mighty for no reason other than the fact that you're in the right place at the right time I, I say that because yesterday we had a, a, a class and the instructor uh, was an old protege of mine. As a matter of fact, uh, he reminded me constantly that it was 50 years ago <laughs> that I trained him. Now, I'm only telling you this because uh, I trained him back in the early 70s. So he said to me before the class, he pulled me aside, he said, listen, 
I cannot, he said, normally when we have a class, he says we make name tags and we call people by the name. He says, I cannot call you by your name. He said, because as a bishop, as a man of God, and as an honorable man, he said, I cannot call you by your name. I have to call you a bishop. He said, so is it okay if I call you a bishop during the class? So I said to him, <laughs> you, you know, call me what, because what, people I trained in the past, they referred to me as P.O. Y'all oh, already know that. But I don't expect my members. Amen. To take such liberties. And I was so appreciative that he had that much respect. Because he followed up, because he said, uh, uh, what you all do for this community deserves respect. So I was honored by that. So no matter what y'all do today, I'm going to be all right. I'm all <laughs> and we had a great time, a great time, wonderful. Amen. Last week when we left off, I was talking to you about making the right choices. Joshua had already made a decision. Now what I want to do is pick it up today at the point where I want to tell you why it's so important that you make the right choices and you're able to make right choices. And we said to, this, said to you last week, and you may or may not remember, I said that an integral part of salvation uh, is our personal choice. See, salvation is a personal choice. You have to choose not only, listen, to get saved, you have to choose to live saved. It's a choice. You can't put salvation on autopilot. Amen? So each believer must continually choose. You have to do this over and over again. Whom you will serve. Now, when Joshua sets this thing up, he said, are you going to serve the living God, the God Almighty, Jehovah, or you're going to serve the gods that your father served on the other side of the river. Now, just to be clear, I want to make sure you know who those gods are. The two prominent gods that, that, that the people were worshiping on the other side were Baal and Astaroth. Uh, now, now, Baal uh, is the male counterpart. He is the god of the... the uh, the storms, they call it. He's the God of nature, but he is the fertility God. And Asera, the Astaroth, is also uh, the God of fertility. She's a female counterpart. Well, their religion between the two of them, what they did is they promoted all kinds of immoral behavior. They had, uh, as part of their religious worship, they had orgies and all kinds of, you know, things going on, which is how people began to drift into immor uh, immoral behavior at the beginning. Because what the Israelites or the children of God, the church, what they saw, they liked. Amen? You know? Now, don't ever let anybody tell you that sin is not fun. 
Yes, I said that. But like all fun, there is a price to be paid. And I will tell you, have as much fun as you want. But make sure you can afford it. Now you'll figure that out later on, but that's okay. So the Bible says that serving the Lord is never a one-time choice, but we're always choosing to believe, to trust, and to persevere in faith. Now, the, the biggest choice is that we have to believe that we have the ability to obey. Most people fail at the Christian walk because they don't think they have the ability to stay saved. In the face of everything that's going on, people say, well, I, I don't know if I can stay saved because, you know, I'm tempted all the time. Well, if we need to make sure that you get to heaven blind, <laughs> the Bible says it, now I can show it to you, that it's better you go that way. No, no, Pastor, I think I can close my eyes. I'll be all right. But Joshua said it this way. He said, you need to choose this day. Choose this day. Now, I want to tell you something. I, I, I'm one of those people who read the obituaries every day. And here's what I tell you. Uh, not because I'm looking for my name. But, <laughs> but what I will tell you is that young people die too. Healthy people die. People who've never been sick. Amen. And some people say, well, I wonder what happened to them. Well, everybody knows one thing. I think you do anyway. That generally speaking, it's your first heart attack that kills you. And usually the first one is your last one. You're just fortunate if you've had one that you're still here. But there are a lot of people that don't get a second chance. Oh, okay. Hey, quiet now. He is talking about dying. All right. So our commitment to God is always one generation from dying out. We see that more and more today than ever at any time in our history. People are falling away from church. Let me tell you why they're falling away. Because there is a pattern. There is a pattern that we have initiated where we allow people to do what they want to do. Your government has to make rules for you to keep you from doing something stupid. Hmm? We have to make seatbelt laws so you won't kill yourself. Post speed limits, stop signs so you won't kill yourself. So, uh, I'm gonna get, it's going to get happy. I, <laughs> now, the next point I want to make, and this one's a little more serious, but then we're, we're going to get light. Uh, sometimes people become Christians without understanding what the cost is. So, you know, they get into a church service where people are, are on an emotional high, and it just seems like, you know, because we hear the message, and you know, the preacher's really, he's hooping it up, and he's telling you, you know, if you live right, you know, your hair growing back and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And you get excited, you know, and you say, I'm going to get saved so that. 
And the problem is you have not calculated what that's going to cost you. The Bible says at that point in time, you are yoking up with Christ. You're hooking up with Christ. Now, if you, you only have to read a few pages of scripture to know, that's going to be hard. What? <laughs> so what you're making is a binding obligation to live the rest of your life according to the word of God. Not just temporarily, but forever. <laughs> now let's, <laughs> let's see if we can lighten it up just a tad. Because yeah. I don't, I, listen, I, I, I've said this for, for months and months and months. I'm concerned about your salvation. I'm concerned about your lifestyle, the way you're living. And if you're not living according to the principles that God has laid out in his word, I'm going to keep hammering and hammering and hammering until you start to turn the corner. Okay? So if you get mad, uh, you'll get over it. Trust me. Somebody say, well, when will I get over it? Well, you're going to get to see Jesus at least one time. You might not have, you might not have a long audience. Who, who, let, who, let, I, I can't seem to find your reservation. <laughs> now there's a story in first Kings chapter 18 that illustrates what we're trying to teach you. In first Kings chapter 18 and verse 21, the Bible says, and Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? Halt is what King James says. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. So now here we are. Joshua asked the people to make a choice. Thank God that Joshua was a courageous leader. God, uh, Joshua said, now I'm going to paraphrase this, so don't get offended at me when I take some liberties, but you'll understand what I'm saying. Here's what Joshua said. Joshua said, listen, as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You do what you want to do. And see, sometimes leadership means that I'm going to have to do something in spite of my relationship to you. In other words, I'm going to take a stand even if I have to leave you behind. I said, even if I have to leave you behind. I know it's, it's probably going to come a shock to some of you, but you can't take your husband or your wife with you. And if you have to make a choice, sometimes you have to live for yourself in spite of them. So here's what the Bible teaches us. It says that Elijah was, was concerned that the people were uh, and, and, and the Bible uses a strange term. They were conjoined. In other words, the people were, were uh, uh, loyal to Baal and, and, and Asherah and also uh, to God. And they were Israelites, and they thought that they, they would be able to, to actually serve both. But Elijah said, you know what? I'm going to help you out. I'm going to make the decision for you. Huh? And what he said is, I'm going to make the decision for you 
where you don't have to study the Bible to figure this out. He says, I'm going to give you a visible demonstration of who God is. Now, you understand that Ahab and Jezebel, uh, that was the king and queen at the time, they had uh, 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 cemented people into believing that they could do both, that it was okay. Now, this is a problem with the church today, and that's why when I say how many, you know, why we're having so many people leave, because preachers sometimes give you a wrong impression that it's going to be okay. But everybody does. No, no, everybody does not. Amen. And if you find one that does, find one that doesn't and look at that person and stop looking at the one that does. Are y'all understanding me? Because sometimes we say, well, uh, uh, I know some preachers that got a wife and a girlfriend. Well, then don't go there. I mean, that's simple. Why would you want to? Can't even imagine that, trying to please two women. Jesus. <laughs> I'm tired of <laughs> Oh, you're laughing, hey? <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> Elijah said that there was a twofold purpose in, in doing this. He said, he had to expose the false worship, but he also had said he had to bring compromising people back. That's where we are today. We have to bring compromising people back. Now, one of the biggest compromises people make today is that they believe they can have church in their house. Are you trying to tell me we can't, Pastor? We can't? Sure you can. Yeah. And when you finish your service, come on out to ours. Because you had church, but you didn't fellowship with anybody. So how do we know what you learned in your service? Work. Okay, I'm right out here by myself with that one, right? So my message was on love. And I ain't going out the house all day. Somebody called me on the telling, you can't, I can't talk to you. I'm in the spirit. <laughs> no, 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 no. How ridiculous. And I also pointed out to you that these house churches are not always welcoming of everybody. House churches use to welcome people that normally come to their house. Hmm? Look at your neighbor and say, that ain't me. I ain't been invited over there. <laughs> so the problem with church in Elijah's day and Joshua's day and your day today is failed leadership. You have to take a stand. If you're going to lead Lead. Leaders lead. That's why you are called a leader. Y'all understand that? Well, Pastor, I don't have a title. No, mm -mm, I didn't say nothing about a title. I said you are a leader. 
Does anybody ever follow you? They ever ask you your advice? They ever do what you say? You're a leader. So that means you have a responsibility to live a certain lifestyle. Amen. Now, now notice, like uh, uh, if you find in Scripture, Moses and Joshua had these conversations in Exodus chapter 32, verse 32, uh, thir uh, verse 26. Moses stood at the entrance of the camp and said, whoever's on the Lord's side, come to me. All right. Then notice also that that uh, in Joshua 24, uh, 24, 15, he said, you have to make a choice. Choose this day. Now, here's the problem is that uh, 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 in, in Elijah's day, he said they were, he uses the word halting between two opinions. That word halt means to limp. Hmm. So they were limping toward two opinions and then to another. Now, literally what it means, it means to hop from bow to bow. Okay, that's King James, y'all. A bow is a branch. When the bow breaks. Anyhow. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, y'all. At least again, at least I'm laughing now. So what he's saying is, it's like watching birds in a tree. They can't settle on a branch. They go from one to the other. And he says that you can't keep hopping between two opinions. You have to stand firm somewhere. Now, you know the story in uh, 1 Kings 18, and I don't want to have to take, no, I don't have the time to tell you the whole story, but I'm going to tell you some of it. Now, if you recall that, that uh, Elijah was brought on the scene to announce that there was going to be a drought. Huh? But then he, he returned here in uh, chapter 18 to announce that it was going to rain. Now, the, 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 the dialogue between Elijah and, and Obadiah was, was uh, oh, it was, it, it's just, it's classic, but I don't have time to go through it. But I can tell you this, when, when, when Elijah showed up, everybody was a little bit scared, especially the prophet. The prophet said, you know, he said, listen, man, uh, you want me to go to the king and tell him that you are coming and you're going to tell him it's going to rain? And, and, you know, I'm, I'm cleaning it up for you. Elijah said, yeah, man, go, go and tell him. And he said, if I do, you, you know, Ahab is going to kill me. He said, don't worry about it. He said, no, 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 no. He said, what you're going to do is you're going to send me and then you're going to disappear in the spirit and we won't ever see you again. <laughs> and I'll be dead. <laughs> But you know the rest of the story. He finally consented to go and tell Ahab. And, and, uh, and, and, and Ahab, uh, when, he, when he saw Elijah, he called him the troubler 
of Israel. Oh, Lord, here he come. And so, so Elijah said, we need to have a showdown. We need to determine right here and here now whose God is really God. Now, y'all know the story, so I won't go through it. But I will tell you that when it was time for the sacrifice, the Bible says that they filled a trough with water, watered the wood, watered the sacrifice, and had water running over. And, 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 and of course, Elijah, you know, challenged uh, Baal and said, hey, burn it up. And then, you know, he's taunted him, you know, hey, he must be sleeping. He can't hear good, you know. He old, he tired, whatever. <laughs> but then he appealed to his God. And, of course, not only, listen, did God receive the sacrifice, but he told Ahab, it's going to rain. And you know the rest of the story. And the drought ceased. Okay, so here, now I want you to stay with me, Elijah, I won't say he forced, but through a visual demonstration, he was able to get the people to change. Now, and let me find it here. In 1 Kings uh, 18, Verse 37 said, he started to pray. Here's what he said. He said, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Now, that's important because that's the message I'm trying to get through to you today. That no matter where you are, and I have one more illustration, no matter where you are, it's not too late. You can turn today and be healed. Are y'all still with me? So don't miss the, 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 uh, the message. But now, uh, here's something I want to tell you as a Christian, as a believer. Circumstances should not get the best of believers. Oh, oh listen, I hear people all the time say, well, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. Well, get out from under the circumstances. And you'll be doing pretty good. Why are you staying under the? I'm looking for the circumstance. But when you stay with God, the Bible says that you get a second win. That's why you can run and not be. Come on. Yeah. So the Bible says that. <laughs> yeah, this is a really good story, but I don't have time to teach the whole story. Now, uh, when he was telling the people of Israel, he said, if you persevere. You'll win. You'll conquer if you continue to stay with God. So the Bible says that, that, that in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, this is the other illustration I want to give you, Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible is very clear in verses uh, 12 and 13. Let me, let me get to Hebrews. Now, y'all notice we went all the way to the other end of the Bible. 
That's how far I'm willing to go for you. <laughs> In 18 minutes. Verse 12 says this. It says, therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and, a f and, and, f and the feeble knees. Now, we all got some hanging down hands and some feeble knees. <laughs> so I'm talking to everybody. <laughs> but now, on its face, what the scripture is saying is, these people were discouraged. Now listen to me very carefully. Discouraged people don't make good choices. Do you hear what I just said? When you're discouraged, you don't make good choices. Because your only thought is how do I get out of this situation? Not how do I grow and change? How do I get out of this particular situation? Amen. So the Bible says that these people were almost worn out with sickness and fatigue and that they were totally discouraged. They have to be encouraged to exert themselves to take courage. And see, this is a problem. When things are going very bad in your life, then you have to learn how to encourage yourself so that you can come out of wherever you are. Amen. The meaning is this, is that they were to remove all the obstacles out of their way so that they would not stumble and fall. Now watch what he says here in verse 12. He says uh, 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 that, that you are to strengthen your hand and watch 13, make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated. Now can I show you what that means? What the Bible says is that uh, when you start to feel uh, defeated, when things are not going the way you think they ought to go, the Bible says you need to keep going. Now, what happens is when you find a path in nature that is trodden down, it means that somebody has already gone that way. The smoother the path means uh, uh, more people have done work on that path. In other words, they have removed the, the rocks. They filled in the holes that somebody has already stumbled in. Come on, the branches that are hanging low that would slap you upside the head, they've cut them. You, do you understand what I'm saying? So the, you have already been that way. So he said, make your path straight. You have to fix things so that you can walk upright and you cannot stumble because somebody left something in the way. If you're discouraged and you stop, the path doesn't get clear. And if the path doesn't get cleared, I'm back to my original point. This is why church is not growing because we haven't left a path that people can follow. We leave stumbling blocks in their path. And because there are rocks and stones and what have you in the path, people can't get delivered. Wait a minute, preacher. Now, you, 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 you're talking about me now. Yeah, I am. I am. I, I, I got to confess I'm talking about you. Because here's what happened. We'll go just so far with a problem 
and stop before we solve it. And because we don't solve it, the next person will run into the exact same problem and you don't have testimony to give them. Yeah, it happened to me too. I, I, I don't know what people do when they reach that point. Uh, I'm, you know, I told you we were lighting it up. Now, so. But do you not understand that if you don't make it clear for somebody else, then those people following will make the same mistake. So the Bible says, now, now notice here, what, before I go any further, look at verse 11. Because <laughs> that's the good one. Verse 11 says this. Now no chastening seems joyful for the present. Huh? <laughs> Training, discipline, correction, are all painful. I said they're all painful. But here's what you need to remember. They're not permanent. See, it's not pleasant, but it's just temporary. Lamentation says that his mercies are new every morning. But look something else Lamentation says. Look at Lamentations 3. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to get excited here in a minute. All right. Now, this, 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 this right here, <laughs> this right here, I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm going to be quoting Sam here pretty soon. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't get in. <laughs> Lamentations. 331, 331, here's what it says. For the Lord will not cast off forever. What? He ain't going to be mad with you because you made a mistake forever. Just long enough for you to remember that's a mistake. Huh? It says, though he causes grief, yet he will show compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. He did not afflict willingly <laughs> nor grieve his children grieve the children of men so look what he says here he said what I do to you I'm not doing it to hurt you I'm doing it to help you it might take a minute for you to come out of this but you'll be all right when you come out on the other side so pastor what you trying to tell us I'm trying to tell you that you got to keep pushing you got to keep moving you got to keep doing what you know is right but pastor, I'm tired. I'm weak. My arms are down. My knees are weary. I don't know what I need to do. Keep doing what's right. Why? Listen, the Bible says, again, going back to Hebrews, are we still there? Verse 13 says this. Make straight the path for your feet. We said you need to do that. So that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather heal. So what is he saying? He's saying that, now watch now, because I don't want you to miss this. If I keep doing what I'm supposed to do, I'll come out on the other side healed. Yeah. 
And if I come out on the other side healed, now I've got a testimony and my testimony will keep you from having to go to the same thing. And therefore, you won't be dislocated. See, and this is where the problem is. There's not enough testimonies about coming out on the other side. All we want to talk about is how we got in and what happened while we were in. And, and, and somehow we just don't know what we're going to do. Well, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen if you stay in that thing. There are only two purposes that you can achieve while you're in that situation. Purpose one, you become despair, disparate, downcast. Your speech changes. Your speech changes. Woe is me. I don't see why. They always. And when you get that testimony, you will die in that testimony. hospital, there are a lot of people who want to know why. Why am I? Why am I? Why am I? And you know, as a good pastor, I can't tell you why, because you'd be mad and I don't want you to be mad and dying at the same time. Remember on June 23rd when you told me that you ain't like church, you ain't like none of the people in that, and you ain't ever coming back? That's why. But I can't say it. I just, I remember every day, every date that people did something. I don't know why. That's just something that God does, isn't it? It's come boom. Here it is. So, yeah, if you would know, you want to know, <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> now, the other way you can do this, come on, come on, there's another way. <laughs> if your purpose is to progress, then you get yourself acclimated and adjust to God. Did you hear what I just said? Adjust to God. He knows what he's doing. And if you allow yourself to agree with him, then you will move according to his agenda. And see, what we do is we get ourselves acclimated to the pain, the problem, the circumstances, and instead we should acclimate or agree with God. What does God say about this? Look at your Bible and see what it says. If it says then that I'm more than a conqueror, then start conquering. Amen. I'm an overcomer. What does that mean? There ain't no mountain high enough. Keep me from getting to you. I'm talking about God now. 
for y'all. Before y'all start flashing back. Amen. I want you laughing, but I want you learning. <laughs> Are you getting, is, it, is it resonating? Is it making sense to you? Jesus. Well, then the Bible says that even if I'm going the wrong way, this is for, listen, for every saint in the house, even if you're going the wrong way, if you keep seeking God, you will be healed. Huh? And even though I got five minutes left, I think I'm going to stop right there because I think I should leave you at that point. And the reason I'm stopping is simply because I want to appeal, not just to you who are sitting here, but to everybody who's listening. You, it, listen, the only way that you can lose this fight is you quit. Do you know what I'm saying? As long as you stay in the fight, as long as you keep on keeping on, you can never be defeated. Why? The Bible says that I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer, which means that, listen, as a good fighter, I'm looking for my next fight. Do you understand that? I'm looking for my next fight. I don't care about you getting mad. Come on. You know this one thing about fighters. When a fight is over, in the middle of the ring, they shake hands. You know what they say? The winner would say, no hard feelings. Now, the loser ain't going to say that. But <laughs> I'm teasing. No, you realize it? Because in every fight, somebody is going to be victorious. Somebody is going to be victorious. And in this fight, it's going to be me. Hallelujah. Why is that, Pastor? Because I'm not going to lay down and let the devil have his way with me. I am so tired of people letting the devil take their stuff. Yeah. And the first thing he does is he goes after your mind. He goes after your mind. And if he gets your mind, then he will get your body to follow your mind. And when your body starts to respond to your mind rather than the spirit of God, you are, you're done. Amen. So I need you to stand up on your feet. Yeah, you didn't think, didn't think I was acquitted. Stand up on your feet. <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm believing that God is going to prepare our hands to do war. I don't like, now y'all, this is me, okay? This is me. This is me. So now if you're going to get mad with anybody, don't get mad with God, just get mad with me. I'm going to tell you that I do not like quitters. If you tell me, listen, Listen now, if you tell me you are in it with me, then I expect you to be in it with me. What does that mean? That means that every time I look around, 
I expect when I throw one punch, you throw one. Huh? If I push them down, you step on them. I don't want nobody standing around talking about, oh yeah, that was a good one. No, uh-uh. You're in it with me. Amen. And then, and then, and then, when the fight is Outreach kind of way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, what are you trying to tell me, Pastor? I'm simply trying to tell you this. It's like the lottery. You got to be in it to win it. If you're not doing what you need to do for God, there's no way you're going to come out delivered. You're going to turn to some errant behavior or chemical stimulants or all kinds of things that try to help you get over the pain. But you're going to have to learn how to work through the pain. And no matter how wrong your life has been, there's still room at the cross. I want to tell you that no matter what you've done, how often you've done it, or how well you did it, you can still be delivered. But you got to stay in the fight. I know that people leave churches for a number of reasons, many reasons, but I can tell you this, and you can write this down, none of them are good. I mean, mm -mm. they have a lot of reasons, but none of them are good. Because if you're in a fight, you got to stay there till it's over. The worst thing that can happen in any fight is for you just say, I don't want to fight anymore. Because you lose by default. That means that for the rest of your natural life, you're labeled a loser. Oh, so-and-so couldn't stay in the fight. When things got tough, they ran. In every war, there's cowards. In every war, there's cowards. People who defect. People who run away. That's not the story. The story. So I want you just to hold your hands out like so. Say, Lord, strengthen my hands. Give me the power to stay in the fight. These hands are anointed for victory. Hallelujah. 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 Father, I agree right now with every soul under this, under this roof, every soul that's out in the net, of the world of internet, whatever you call it. I agree with those who are standing firm, who believe that they are still in the fight. 
And even though the way looks dark, we know that you are the light. So God, let them know that there's victory in the end. So Father, teach us to reach out and hold their hands and encourage them so that they may not be discouraged. Strengthen them in their inner man that they might be delivered. And God, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.